0: The CNBC app. Global market news in one place. Customizable sections and
1: personalized alerts. Stocks tracking, interactive charts and market insights all in your hands. Stay connected, stay informed. Download the CNBC app today.
0: Uh, Good morning everybody, it's Wednesday, you're watching Squawk Box and these are your headlines. Asian markets struggle despite the S&P 500 posting its third record in a row after U.S. consumer confidence actually plummets to a six-year low. The Gulf Coast braces for Hurricane Laura and Brent uh, hits a five-month peak as U.S. oil producers evacuate offshore facilities, preparing for what could be the largest threat to output in 15 years. The second night of the Republican National Convention defies tradition with speeches from the White House and from the Secretary of State Mike
1: Pompeo overseas. Delivering on this duty to keep us safe and our freedoms intact, this president has led bold initiatives in nearly every corner of the world.
0: U.S.-China trade tensions continue to subside, but Mexico's nominee to lead the World Trade Organization tells CNBC a key component has been lost.
2: It was the basis of uh, one thing to get things done, the basis of cooperation, of trust. And this trust has been lost completely.
0: Very good morning to you, Republicans. Back to President Trump's handling of the economy on the second night of the Republican National Convention. The GOP, though, was criticized for using government to support the party's presidential bid, as the First Lady, Melania Trump, chose the Rose Garden at the White House as the background for her comments, whilst the Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, delivered a speech from Jerusalem during an official diplomatic trip, becoming the first uh, sitting head of the State Department to address a party convention in 75 years. In Jerusalem, Mr. Pompeo hailed the moves the U.S. leader had taken against China.
1: This president has led bold initiatives in nearly every corner of the world. In China, he's pulled back the curtain on the predatory aggression of the Chinese Communist Party. The president has held China accountable for covering up the China virus and allowing it to spread death and economic destruction in America and around the world. And he will not rest until justice is done. He has ensured that the Chinese Communist Party spies posing as diplomats in America are jailed or sent back to China. And he has ended the ridiculously unfair trade arrangement with China that punched a hole in our economy. Those jobs, those jobs are coming back home.
0: Uh, The first lady was one of the few speakers to address the pandemic in her speech and express sympathy for families uh, who have lost loved ones.
2: I want to acknowledge the fact that since March, our lives have changed drastically. The invisible enemy, COVID-19, swept across our beautiful country and impacted all of us. My deepest sympathy goes out to everyone who has lost a loved one. And my prayers are with those who are ill or suffering. I know many people are anxious and some feel helpless. I want you to know you're not alone. My husband's administration will not stop fighting until there is an effective treatment or vaccine available to
0: everyone Uh, white house economic advisor larry kudlow previewed further tax cuts from the white house while sounding a warning for a potential biden presidency stocks are in record territory a v-shaped recovery is pointing to better than 20 percent growth in the second half of this year now looking ahead more tax cuts and regulatory rollback will be in store payroll tax cuts for higher wages Income tax cuts for the middle class, capital gains tax cuts for investment, productivity, and jobs. Much more regulatory relief for small businesses. In economic terms, folks, This is no time for a $4 trillion tax hike. Well, let's get a view on events of the last, uh, well, the Democratic Convention and the Republican one with Gary Gerstle, who is American Political Historian, University of Cambridge. Uh, Good morning to you, sir. Well, what do you think of what we're seeing so far? Uh, My concern, having looked at the Democratic Convention uh, and now the early stages of the Republican one, is that it's all already very personal and we're not looking at the policies enough. Well,
3: it is uh, it is personal. I think uh, partly that's Trump himself who has made the presidency extraordinarily personal in ways it has not been before, and he that's how he rules. And the Democrats uh, have serious divisions of, uh, uh, around policy in their ranks, but they are absolutely united in the desire to get rid of Trump. And I think what we saw last week with the Democrats was an emphasis on doing everything possible to pin the current situation on Trump as a way of moving him out of the White House with the understanding on their part that he uh, represents a real threat to uh, American democracy and the American republic. And if you're saying that serious discussion of policy differences has suffered, uh, you're absolutely right.
0: Gary, is it going to come down to, as ever, the economy? It seems when the job numbers pick up a little bit, Mr. Trump's ratings pick up again. And when the jobs picture looks concerning, uh, Mr. Trump's ratings fall back again. Will it, despite uh, Black Lives Matter, despite COVID-19 and despite other very important societal issues, will it still come back down to the economy?
3: Uh, The economy will be a big part of this election, uh, I think Trump is in a good deal of trouble on that score. He, he can only run so far on the great economy he, he claims to have established before the pandemic hit. He has to take—voters uh, are going to hold him responsible for the last six months and the next two months. Extraordinary amount of economic pain. And it's striking how few people at the Republican convention were willing to deal with that in any serious way. In fact, Melania's speech stands out. I think she's the only member of the— uh, representative at the convention to speak directly to the pain that so many americans have suffered and of course it's both the pain of disease and death on the one hand and the pain of job loss on the other i think one thing that could help trump is if uh the uh, reports for the third quarter uh are the second quarter in october are extraordinarily positive he may get some bump uh, out of that but i think a lot of Americans, including a lot of Republicans, hold him responsible for mishandling the pandemic crisis. Uh, it's been a long time that since America has appeared to be so inept in dealing with a crisis of this magnitude. So it's going to be hard for him to escape responsibility for that.
0: But but in terms of the radical <laughs> differences offered by Mr. Biden uh, and Kamala Harris compared with the administration currently going forward, you do get a radical choice here. There will be more corporate taxation if my, Mr. Biden uh, goes through uh, with his promises. There will be uh, more taxation on pharmaceutical companies potentially. There will be a very big different alternative to Americans. Now the Republicans are painting this uh, as a threat to the economy, a threat to the average Americans, uh, whereas. the the, the Democrats are saying, look, we're offering real change and, and real chance of more equaling up society as well. When it comes down to the policies, Americans will get a more stark choice this time round, won't they?
3: Uh, they will if, if those differences uh, come through clearly. Uh, just as Trump has rocked the Republican establishment the last four years, Bernie Sanders and the socialist left has rocked the Democratic Clintonian establishment the last four years. And what is striking about the Democratic Party platform is that Biden felt compelled to compromise and reach areas of agreement with Democrats considerably further to the left than he is. Uh, And so if you look carefully at the Democratic Party platform, there is going to be a lot more emphasis on uh, establishing principles of equality in the economy, establishing greater control over corporate power and wealth, looking toward a greater redistribution from the rich to the poor. So, yes, there are uh, stark differences. If Biden is to win, of course, it remains to be seen how much of that is going to be accomplished, and uh, an accomplishment is going to depend both on internal negotiations within the Democratic Party, and it's going to depend as well on uh, on other factors uh, that come into play at at that time. So, uh, uh, we'll see if he wins, we'll see how much that comes into play. Of course, nothing at all will get through Congress unless the Democrats come away with the majority in the Senate. If the Republican Senate is reelected, I expect a a Democratic House will be reelected. If it's another split Congress, it means another paralyzed Congress, Congress with very little of significance and consequence getting done.
0: Harry, whilst I personally would prefer to look at the policies, they are looking at the very personal aspect of the various four candidates, including the VPs as well. And as you point out in your notes, uh, the Democrat candidate for the presidency has been painted as slow, uh, as potentially uh, demented, as you put it, uh, unequal to the job as well. He is a 77-year-old man. I, I hope I'm firing on all cylinders when I'm 77, but I, I guess I might be slower than I am now uh, a couple of decades younger. Do you think any of the accusations against Mr. Biden uh, are potentially ha- have any credence uh, and indeed will come out during this series of debates between now and early November?
3: Uh, well, he's not a young 77. Uh, he's been around a long time and uh, and he's not as quick off the mark. Uh, as he was. Uh, On the other hand, he gave probably one of the best speeches of his career and his acceptance speech last week. He has assembled, by all accounts, uh, an excellent staff. Uh, He knows how to rely on those uh, around him. And so my expectation is that uh, he will, if elected, uh, develop uh, an effective administration given the people who are surrounding him. That's not to suggest that he's a puppet. It means he shows good judgment and knows how to employ quality people. Of course, uh, voters are going to be looking, because of his age, as was the case with John McCain in two, 2008, they're going to be looking not just uh, at the president, but at the vice president. And one thing that hurt McCain a great deal in 2008 was a choice of Sarah Palin. And I know personally a lot of Republicans who said, I don't want to vote for Obama, but I cannot put that uh, Sarah Sarah Palin woman within a whisker of the White House, people will be approaching Kamala Harris in a similar way. I think Kamala Harris is a much wiser choice than than Sarah Palin was, but people will be voting with the knowledge that there is a chance that Joe Biden will not be healthy enough to get through the first term. And of course, he has to get through the debates uh, in, in, in good fashion. If he stumbles badly and creates an opening for Trump, Trump, as we know, Will seize that opening. It's interesting in the convention uh, speeches tonight. There was very, very little focus by the Republicans on his dementia and his being slow. I think he silenced a lot of his critics last week. They focused much more on him being a 47-year career politician who would bring nothing new. No, no new ideas uh, to the White House and not take America in the direction that it needs to go. Um,
0: Gary, I've, I'm actually told by the producer I've got to carry on. But I, I just wanted one very quick question. I've got I've got 20 seconds question and answer for you as well. Why does it matter if uh, federal buildings in the White House are being used, the Rose Garden or, or, or the, the lack of convention about Mr. Pompeo on a diplomatic trip uh, speaking from Jerusalem? So th- th- why does that matter to Americans? Why does that matter historically?
3: I think it's. Uh, I think the specific instances don't matter so much. I think the the larger concern of Amer- Americans is that Trump is turning uh, what is a public trust into his personal fealty and behaving more like a monarch than as an elected president of the republic, and does not have proper regard for the Constitution, the division of powers, the separation of public and private. It's it's more the deep critique of Trump that has so troubled so many Americans uh, and. And convinced many of them that he needs to be beaten in November 2020.
0: Really good speaking to you and getting that perspective, Gary. Thank you so much indeed for your time. I appreciate it. So It's quite late in Massachusetts. Uh, Gary Gerstle, who is American Political Historian, University of Cambridge. So i um, reference referenced the consumer confidence figure. Let me just tell you about it. Out of the US yesterday, it hit a six year low. Now, Are you that surprised? Concerned about joblessness and what have you? Uh, The fall comes anyway after Washington cut its weekly unemployment aid program, whilst coronavirus cases still continue to rise. However, the U.S. housing market, I mean, extraordinary, isn't it? Defying the economic fallout, new home sales hit their highest level in almost 14 years. So really contradictory figures there. I mean, consumer confidence low. Uh, consumer spending high, uh, housing market high. So there's a lot going on here that needs to be dissected every day by us here on Squawkbox. Box. Uh, central bank officials will give their outlook on the global economy at the Jackson Hole Symposium later this week. Uh, the events usually held uh, in the looming uh, uh, Grand Tetons in Wyoming will be held virtually this year uh, due to the outbreak. The Fed Chair Jerome Powell will speak out tomorrow, uh, whilst the ECB chief economist, Philip Lane, uh, will also deliver remarks. The Bank of England governor, Andrew Bailey, will speak on Friday as well. And I don't know what you're looking for uh, from Jerome Powell. I'll be totally honest, when your your little hissy fit last week, when he didn't say quite what you wanted, when I thought basically he was trying to hold your hand furiously. I I know your 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 concerns and your your rattle that got thrown out the pram metaphorically in the markets. It lasted a very short while, certainly in the US. But I still, there were concerns that he didn't say enough about yield curve controls, concerns that he didn't hold your hand on inflation targeting going forward as well. But the man couldn't have been more dovish, could he? Could he? And that's the question. Are you looking for more dovishness this week as well? Well, we'll find out, won't we? Uh, Let's have a look. Asian markets. Um, very solid on the Hang Seng, flat as you like. We've got a great story uh, coming out uh, later on as well, actually talking about Ant, Ant Group as well, previously Ant Financial. The, the payment system money we will come to that. Uh, Nikkei is very flat as well. But we have got a bit of movement on the Shanghai Composite and the ASX 200, both of which are in negative territory. OK, we'll, we'll have a look at the US markets. Uh, load of records again yesterday. What did you get records on? you got records on the S&P, the NASDAQ, the tech subsector, the consumer discretionary as well. Uh, all these trading at record. I should get out of the way. There you go, look, the Dow was down two-tenths of 1%. All the interest in the previous session, of course, was about the rebalancing and how we're seeing um, titans such as Pfizer and ExxonMobil losing their spot as of August 31st. Would you like to look at the Treasury yields? I say yields. There's not much there, really, is there? Um, Three-tenths of a percent you get for your five-year paper, and you get a mighty 1.42% on your 30-year as well. Dollar crosses. Let's have a look at how the dollar's uh, forming here. And also, just very interesting to see how... um, Good article, actually. I was reading, again, I think it was the FT. Um, Sterling traders, just so relaxed. Look at them. 131. That's pretty much the mean of where we've been since Brexit. Uh, since the vote on June 24th, 2016. Gosh, was it four years ago? Uh, Eurodollar. Eurodollar's dollar's interesting pair, isn't it? Do you remember all that feel good there was before I went on my holes, uh, early August as well? That the, the euro was having this great ascent and actually money was coming back into European assets because we were ahead of the US, not economically, but in terms of quelling uh, COVID 19. Well, We've seen a resumption of cases and actually the euro has stopped in its tracks and actually the outperformance has stopped in its tracks as well. Very interesting when we spend a lot of time poring over the economic data. I would suggest to you look at the covid numbers as well. That it seems to be a simultaneous a halting of the euro's ascent and indeed the resumption of covid-19. Dollar-yen trading 106.36 as well and the dollar-yuan 6.9. For all the talk about China and U.S., remarkably stable pairing there as well. Okay. Coming up on this show, Rebuilding Trust. Mexico's candidate for the WTO says the body has become a platform for disputes. Well, it always has been, hasn't it? Anyway, when it should be encouraging cooperation. Uh, Our first on interview with uh, Jesus Seade Curry coming up next. And, oh, the podcast is amazing. And for more on the plunge in the U.S. consumer confidence, check out the podcast. It's available everywhere. CNBC.com's website as well. have a chat, just me and you, about the WTO. I think we should have a little one because I've been looking at the WTO. I've been close to kind of the leaders and interviewing them as Jeff and Karen have over the last few years or so. And it's always been one of the toughest jobs out there because the big players don't need it. That's the truth. They don't need it. they got bilateral. That's what the US is doing on a trans-Pacific basis. So the WTO is always a hiding to nothing. Whether you're Pascal Lamy, whether you're Mr. Azevedo, it's a really tough job because the big players just say, do you know what? Bilateral works for us. It always has done. Multilateral really is trying to bring in smaller nations in many ways. Anyway... But people still want the job. Loads of them want the job. I'll show you who wants the job in a few moments' time. But Mexico's candidate, he wants the job, uh, to lead the WTO, the World Trade Organization, has told CNBC that the body has lost the public's trust, as some governments prefer to use it as a means of raising disputes rather than to seek cooperation. Jesus seade Curi uh, also said China has a key role to play in the WTO and called on more countries to engage with Beijing.
2: The difficulties, in a substantive sense, the difficulties that we faced when we created WTO, Quarter of a century ago, were every bit as uh, as great as uh, as complex as they are now, but there was a basis of uh, wanting to get things done, a basis of cooperation, of trust. And This trust has been lost completely. In fact, almost in every direction, and in particular across the Pacific, as you as you mentioned. So what we need is to uh, find a way to resume the path of negotiation, to achieve things together, and that will begin to build uh, a sentiment of uh, doing more things together. So uh, without realizing it we will begin to create a new basic uh, confidence in each other. Confidence, not that we uh, have the same mentality or the same priorities, not at all, but that we want to have a system that helps us deal with those problems.
4: What do you see as China's role in helping the WTO regain its place at the center of global trade?
2: Well, China is formidably important. I mean, such a big uh, country, the economy as a trader, hugely dynamic. Uh, So it has to be part of this system, it has to be an engaged part of this system. Uh, For China, More than for anybody else, the WTO must be supreme. I know, not must be, is extremely important. Uh, I believe since uh, China began its reform in 1978 with Deng Xiaoping, no decision, no event has been as important as joining WTO in 2001. Uh, So they will want to do that. At the same time, there is a sentiment among many countries, not just the United States, but many countries in the West and also to the East of China, uh, in Asia and the, in Europe and the United States and the advanced developing countries, that there are issues with China, that China needs to make a greater, clear contribution uh, to resolve those issues uh, between them and everybody else. There are concerns about uh, the working of the price mechanism. Uh, But at the same time, China has been very engaged in many other respects. There have been, uh, in the 19 years of China's presence in WTO, there have been 44 disputes initiated by other countries against China. That's a lot, because if each dispute takes two and a half, three, three and a half, four years to resolve, that means that you have six to eight disputes going on, on average, at any point in time. And China has faced it. But we need to engage them more. And uh, in particular, we need to make progress on certain issues concerning uh, uh, the price mechanism. And perhaps it's not for me to, uh, to, 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 to describe what are the problems, but uh, there are lots of issues mentioned by the United States and by Europe on uh, on technology questions so they have to discuss that and sort out what is ne- what is necessary
0: right i'm setting myself up here because i've got a whole list of candidates for you uh, mr curry is only part of a long list of candidates vying to be the next wto director general they include uk's former international trade secretary uh, liam i've got loads of ready uh, deals with countries across the world fox <laughs> what to all those deals I, I suppose that's the first question we need to ask Liam when we speak to him. don't we? Where, where are all the deals uh, that were supposed to happen as soon as we got Brexit? Have we got any yet? I don't know. Anyway, uh, he's up there. Uh, the former Nigerian finance minister. Oh, my goodness me. I, I tell you, if you could look back at the tapes, Ngozi okonjo Wheeler and I have had some great rows over the years when she was in good luck, Jonathan's government as well. She's a, a dynamic force, is all I can say. She's an incredible lady. Uh, Saudi economy minister Mohammed Maziad al-Touazri. Uh, he's up there as well. I mean, the new they, look, there's stacks of people who want the job. I suppose it means a bit of kind of international influence as well for your country, but very interesting anyway. The new director general is set to be selected uh, no later than November. Right, let's move on. Uh, Jack Ma's Ant Group has filed for a double IPO. Double IPO, this is interesting, Uh, in Hong Kong and Shanghai in what could eclipse Saudi Aramco's $29.4 billion listing to become the biggest ever. Normally, Emily Tan, when I read a lot of these stories, I get border and border. But actually, the more I read about Ant Group and and its history and what Jack Ma has done and still to do in this group, I find it absolutely fascinating. But you're going to tell the viewers what you think.
4: It's going to got the market very, very excited, Steve. Uh, here in Hong Kong, the shares are trading at record highs, uh, rallying more than 3%, uh, mirroring the gains that we had in the U.S. trade in Baba shares as well. So similar gains coming across uh, from Hong Kong and the United States on the back of the announcement that Ant Group is uh, looking for a dual listing in the Hong Kong market and the Shanghai Star market. Uh, they did not uh, identify or disclose the actual amount of funds to be raised or the price range. They say that is subject to market conditions, uh, but there's a lot of whisper numbers out there. Target valuation of 225 billion U.S. dollars and a potential IPO size of 30 billion U.S. dollars. If that is the case, it will eclipse the world's biggest IPO, and that was Saudi Aramco when it raised 29.4 billion dollars in December of last year. The company has already indicated it will issue no less than 30.04 billion shares in Hong Kong and Shanghai. Uh, it has a 711 million monthly active users as of June uh, 1 billion annual active users in terms of its report card revenues coming in at 10.5 billion in the first half and its pre-tax profit Three and a half billion dollars. That was an eightfold increase. Uh, we're also hearing some whispers about a potential listing in October. Uh, so this would be a dual listing in the Hong Kong and Shanghai market. Uh, the funds going towards digitalizing the service industry, research and development, and expanding cross-border payment and merchant service initiatives. Uh, we're seeing nice gains come through in the Hong Kong listed shares as we're trading now uh, in the afternoon session, up 3.8 percent. But the, it is lifting the tide of the tech shares. The put-up. Shares of $0.10 were traded up 1.5%. And then its big rival, JD.com, another e-commerce giant in China, traded in the Hong Kong markets here, uh, rallying 7.7%. So lots of gains coming through as the market is certainly excited, Steve, for this Ant Group listing.
1: Thank you for listening
0: to Squawk Box Europe Express. For more market-moving news, you can head to cnbc.com.